Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God few minutes for me to preach, which I know is what you've all been waiting for, right? Um, so today, as we start, I'm not going to keep you forever, I promise, but I do feel like what I have to say is for you, and so I'm going to speak to you as if you need it, okay? Um, and you do need it. You need to know that you yourself can hear from the Lord. You need to know that. You absolutely need to know that He, can spe- he wants to speak to you, and that anything that says differently than that is really not from Him, Okay? Anything, any gap between you and I can hear the Lord is not even of this century. It's not even of the last 20 centuries. He came and died so that the veil would be torn so that you would now have a personal relationship and can hear his voice and not just by a static reading of the word. Da, 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 memorization, go on your life. That's not all it is. This is alive. This is a living, active, breathing sword to be used on self, not others to cut the parts of our heart that need to be removed. But it's also full of the Holy Spirit, which is there to counsel God, which is there to teach us, to show us that we're lovable, to show us that we're accepted, to teach us that we're His, to show us firsthand that He loved us first, and then we can live for Him, right? Not in a different order. You're not working for anything anymore. So today, if you're performing at all, if you're trying to earn anything from him, or if realizing that you can't earn has created a chasm between you and him, let's just throw that back into the pit of hell. And let's leave here today. My goal is when you leave here today to know that 100% you can hear the Lord. 100% you can hear the Lord as his sheep, specifically on your own and specifically in community. And that is the will of God. Amen and amen. All right, so last week we talked about Psalm 1, and I'm going to read it to you in a second. Um, the reason I felt like Psalm 1 was for us in this season for January was because it gives you this image of a tree planted next to rivers of living water. Bah! That's a lush tree. It's vegetative. Next to, that's probably more than a river. That's a, it's something big. 
but it's a lake, lakes of living water. So, but I love it because it points to this image of something so healthy because of where it's located. You put the same tree in a desert, it's not vegetative, right? And it's the same for us. So my, my goal in this creating space, I wouldn't call it a series, but just emphases, is that you spiritually, even physically and mentally, look like that tree. And that happens by placement, right? It's not by making the outside of the tree, like you put that tree in the desert and it paints itself green, it's not alive. It might look alive, but it's only going to be there for a little bit. But its placement is exactly where it needs to be to be alive. Even so much so that when the season comes where there's fruit coming off of it, others can now come to the tree crazy and eat the fruit off that tree. Right? Even in Jeremiah, we're pictured as trees that can provide sustenance to other people. And so you can become that, but you don't become that in dry places. So creating space is about what it says in Psalm 1, and I am going to read this to you really quick. Can you pull it up for us, Jessica? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way with sinners that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And here again, Revelation is what it's mentioned here. It's not just the first five books of the Torah of the Bible. It's talking about Revelation for a specific season of of people in a generation and the Torah of the Lord and, and who meditates on this law day and night. Verse 3, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not, not so with the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the day of judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Then we talked about pots and sots. Everybody say pots. Sots. Prayers of the season, I'm reading them to you again. I'm going to do it quick, all right? We want you, the only reason I'm doing this is because I want you to pray for these things. Imagine there are six pots on this stage, like it says in Revelation, we're going to read in a second, and our prayers fill these bowls, right? They're, they're filling these bowls, and then the, the appointed time of the Lord, he'll answer. Our, it's not like he doesn't answer prayer. Sometimes he doesn't answer what we want, and we should be thankful, maybe not in the season, but when these are full, it's like praying into these continual things. These are our six pots for right now. Creating space, I'll, it'll always be that for you guys when I'm, as, as I lead here. And I feel like I'm going to be here for eternity. And I'll probably exaggerate a little bit on the eternity part, but I feel like I'm going to be here for a long time. Creating space to seek the Lord. I don't see another first. There's not a better first. That's, that's got to be number one, I feel like. RCC staff covering, we need your prayers. Our staff needs your prayers. There are people here that if you've ever been in ministry, you understand what it's like. It's beautiful and awesome, but you need, you need to be prayed for. So I'm asking for your prayers for all of us. Third thing is children's ministry and youth. You saw our kids. You've seen what's happening. It's amazing. Youth ministry, we're starting a youth small group soon. Um, discipleship, participation in life groups and volunteering. This does not give you credibility. This does not make you a better person. It's, these are the placement places. Life group and volunteering help you flourish. That's just how it is. The people that worked here yesterday, I have a better relationship with them now. Not that they're better people. They're a little better people, but it's not that specifically. But now I know, like, I know that they like to eat the same ice cream as I like to eat. I won't say what else they said about that because I love you guys already. But, but when, you, when, you, when you do stuff together, like in Christianity, just, you just form relationships you don't by sitting in a room. Amen? Uh, visible community transformation. We need to be able to look out into the city and say, that happened because of the Lord and not just like wing it. Like that roof was on the house because we prayed. No, we need to be able to say, Campbell High School, we're seeing kids be, get saved. We're seeing people understand their identity. We're seeing ministry on campus. We want to be able to point. Amen and amen. 
And then lastly, financial surplus to give and save. This is the area no pastor really loves to talk about. Um, We don't talk a lot about it, but we're asking for generosity. We have some goals I'm not going to give to you right now for this year. Financially, we would love to see. Um, You'll never hear pressure from me, but I would love it if you did pray that we would be a blessed community that can bless and that we would be known as people who give as our church, not as people who take, but as people who give and bless the community. Amen? Pots. Everybody say pots. Sots. Everybody say sots. Worst worst word ever, but it it actually means habitual drunkenness, which is interesting. Um, A sot is someone who is habitually drunk. So if you want to get drunk on these scriptures, see what I did there? You like that? (laughs) Boom. That was free. Okay. I'm going to read these scriptures. We don't have them up here, do we? We don't have the sots because you should already be inebriated in them. You should still be buzzed from last week. Okay. Bad energy. Okay. So one of them is the scripture in Revelation, which is the bowls in heaven. And do you have last week's PowerPoint you can bring up really quick or no? Dude. <laughs> Sorry, everybody don't look back there right now. The worst thing you can do whenever like a sound goes bad, don't ever be like. <laughs> Never good. Nothing good ever comes of that. So, so you ha- who, who remembers the sots? This is going to be awesome. You got them? Katie? Yes, ma'am. Will you read them? Okay. Which we just read. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. Um, that's kind of where we feel like we're going. They're behind me. They're right behind me, aren't they? It's <laughs> awesome. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. This is this picture of us this year, no matter what waves come in our lives, which they're going to come, that the depth of our heart is connecting with the depth of his heart and that there's a yearning in your heart to go deeper. Amen? All right. And then I think, do we have the other one? We don't, we're not going to read all that again. That's really good stuff, though, guys. Mark that down. Um, the other one is Revelation 3.6. Is Revelation 3.6 on there? That's what I was saying. See, you guys are listening. You guys are sobering up, so that's good. You need to Google Revelation 5.8, all right? That's for you for today. All right, I'm going to get into this. Gone all over the place. Um, today, we're going to create a little space. I'm not going to speak forever. I'm going to speak for about 15 minutes, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord, okay? Okay. Um, the reason we're stopping to create space is because we live in a culture right now that you all know about. I don't have to convince you that you live in a culture of hurry, a culture of crowds, and a culture of busyness. We're the busiest nation on the planet, right? There's other nations who actually have a nap worked into their national calendar every day. That is crazy. It's called the siesta, right? Who's ever been to Spain? It, everything shuts down at 2 o'clock because it's nap time. I think that we need to adopt this. Amen. Bring it. We would never do that, right? We wouldn't hit margin. We wouldn't hit margin or goal or profitability or big word stuff, right? We wouldn't hit none of that if we had a nap. But the thing to me about this is that it feels a lot like we're going super speed past all these things that God wants to show us. A couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, I got a bike and I decided to ride to work. And I drove to work or rode to work. And as you're riding a bike places, you experience your city really differently. Like, it's, it's crazy. The smells, the sights. I rode up to Rev, going over that hill, like, what it takes to get places. And it was a re- I, would, I would actually encourage you to take your bike somewhere and ride where you normally go if it's not, like, crazy, if it's not, like, 15 miles, and just experience it that way. Because as you go at that pace, you, you smell, you see, you, 
You notice things. I noticed 10 things that I didn't notice before. The feelings of being alive, you know, but now we have cars, so you don't need a bike. And what happens with a car? You get places quicker, right? It's all about quicker, quicker, quicker. 15 years from now, we'll have something better. And, and I feel like the Lord is saying to us, this is spiritually what we try and do. He's like, stop, slow down, listen, smell, taste, see what I'm doing. And we're like, no, no, no. I find myself hurrying to places on days where I have nothing to hurry to. I'm mad if I'm in traffic because it's so ingrained in us. Get there quick. Get it done quick. Do this quickly. And the Lord, all the while, from the beginning, I believe, is saying, carve out space to not be hurried. I even on my to-do list, which I do every day, and I'm a little bit proud of this. That's why I'm showing it to you, or why would I? And a little bit embarrassed of it. Look at that. That's every day, every day. I have it marked out perfectly. The, the conundrum is when I have meetings and I try and put a person on this list. And it all, I always hit this weird spot because to me, I really want to see something accomplished. And in the meeting, you cannot accomplish a meeting. In a meeting, you need to be with people. And it's always like this fight for the first 15 minutes. Will I be present? Will I be present? Well, I know I need to respond to all my T's and E's, which are texts and emails. If that's you in this room, I'm going to get there, I promise. I need to work on my Monday list. I need to text Lance. And in these meetings, we, I, I find it really hard to actually be still and just say, all right, I will not let anything outside of this meeting affect me. I'll actually lose time. Everybody say lose time. I'll lose time in this meeting. This person needs me, right? Or I need this person. And, and I need to slow down enough to hear the rhythm of what's happening in their life so that if I can jump in, and I feel myself like continually being disappointed in myself. Maybe it's my personality style, Myers-Briggs, or maybe, maybe all of us can slow down and be with people. And maybe all of us can carve out time. And maybe all of us, no matter who we are, do not have to see a profit, loss, win, loss at the end of every day. And maybe if he can show us, if you slow down, I will speak to you. In fact, I am speaking to you right now. Maybe that'll happen. If we say, I'll sit back on the back seat for a little bit. We don't have to become the next thing in Smyrna. That's not actually what I want to become. I don't want to be the next thing church in Smyrna. But maybe for all of you, he's already like, I've been trying to speak to you all week. You know, there's a story of this guy that's married to this girl and they're older and he's he's dead set that she's losing her hearing so he decides to test it one day and he goes in a room and he says i love you and there's no response and so he gets like 10 feet closer he's like i love you and there's no response and he stands right behind her he's like hey i'm saying i love you and she turns on and said and i said back to you three times i love you (laughs) and what happens with us is we shout these things at God, thinking, why aren't you answering? And he's saying, I've been answering you the whole time. Sit down in front of me. Slow down. You don't have to accomplish all that you think you have to accomplish. Amen? And I'm thankful for that. Because especially in church planning, there are a lot of people telling you what you need to be doing. But I'm going to listen to the Lord. I'm going to slow down and listen every season for you guys and for me and for my family. Because that's how important you are, and that's how important what he wants is, and that's how important my family is, to say, Lord, what is for now for me? Help me not to be somebody I'm not. So this week, meditation is how that happens. Everybody say meditation. For some of you, that's freaking you out, okay? Because you're thinking of things, but it's historically rooted in the Bible. Meditation is, it's biblical. It's as biblical as it comes. 
It's these seasons and times where we step away from the busyness and say yes. It's actually out of all of the spiritual disciplines, which I, I recommend reading Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster to anybody who's a Christian. I think we all need to read it. Um, but it's the first and most important because it's the actual off-ramp to say, all right, I'm over here, speak to me. And it's, it's half of prayer, the part that we don't speak in, okay? The part we speak in, we're gonna talk about next week. This is the part where we say, you know, it's this whole idea in meditation that you've seen, if, if any of you've studied it. You know, you sit down and for 15 minutes, you sit with your hands open as a representation. This, this first portion, you know, or this first portion is that hands down. It's where you give everything to the Lord and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to do any of that. And the second portion is this receiving portion. And it's this idea of slowing down to do that. And so meditation is very much that. Can you pull up this slide? Because in meditation, if, if you seek after the Lord, you'll hear what's called the Kol Yahweh. Everybody say Kol Yahweh. This is the voice or sound of God. That sounds extremely mystical. And some of you are like, slow down, buddy. Preach biblical stuff. This is biblical stuff, the voice of God, right? Crying out in the wilderness, right? The voice of God coming through prophets, coming through priests, coming through everybody in the Bible. In the Old Testament even, you can point at stories where the voice of God pierces through and speaks into people before Jesus came and tore the veil. In the New Testament, you see in the book of Acts, every chapter is about this community learning the voice of God for their group and then obeying it learning and obeying and doing the will of God and seeing when people slow down enough to say, I'll listen and set down their lists, amazing God things happening. Ama- and it's every chapter in the book of Acts. The first, first, uh, first century Christians are just doing crazy things for the Lord and it's because they're slowing down to listen. So I want you to repeat this. Close your eyes with me really quick. It's like a chant a little bit. I feel strange doing it, but we're just gonna do it. I want you to say this. He wants to speak to me. I can hear his voice. Say one more time. He wants to speak to me. I can hear his voice. All throughout history, you don't have to repeat that. <laughs> if you repeat the rest of my sermon, this would be an epic, epic Sunday of tiredness when people left. History uh, shows us that we always want a mediator, you know, and like we can point at the prophets and say that. We can point at even S- Saul. You know, all the, all the, king, the kings, God didn't even want a king to come and be in place. He wanted to be the king, but they demanded a king, and so he provided one. And there's always been this cry for a mediator, and as much as we can say that's the Old Testament now, we still do that, especially those from the spirit-filled realm. I'm totally guilty of this historically. You need the person to come in and speak the word to you, right? Like, that's not an evil thing. God gives us prophets. God gives us words of knowledge, words of wisdom. That's for us but you don't have to have it, right, for sustenance. He wants to speak to you. He wants to be your mediator. And I don't, I don't specifically know why we don't want to be the ones a lot of times that sit down and say, I think for me, if I'm honest, it's not I'm so scared of the Lord when I get in that spot that he might, I don't, I don't feel like I think that. For me, it's what if he's not there? What if I sit down and I carve out this time and he's not there? I, I honestly think a lot of people, that's, where we're at. If I sit down and say I'm carving out space and I will listen for you, he might not be there. That's in our minds, right? He might not be there. I want to read you this though. Pull up First Samuel. I'll read you a couple passages. But when, but when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people, this is the Lord. Listen to all the people are saying to you. 
It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. He's wanted from the beginning to be the one speaking to us. But you can see when people have demanded that someone else speak to them, he allowed it. Boom. So for us, what we do is we stop looking for a prophet to come into our lives. We stop demanding that the pastor be the only one that provides. And I'll just throw this out. This is not where you get fed. That is a great myth in the church. I'm not here just to feed you. I believe I'm here to help you spiritually walk through your life and, and help equip you to become. But you are like animals that see a trough and can walk to it and put your heads in it. I just related all of our people to animals. But so did Jesus when he called them sheep. So, boom, all right? You can, you can open your word, right? And you can stick your head in it and grow. It's not my job to perform for you. It's not my job to be the best pastor and this preacher in this city. I don't walk under the presumption that I need to be that. I'm not gonna ever do that. Uh, it will be awful for everybody. You can, you can be fed without needing a man or woman to be there to do it for you. Jesus becomes priest, prophet, king, and shepherd in our lives, right? So do we need, this is why I preach community. So then you can say, well, we just don't even need the church. We can just go watch Billy Graham's son all week long on TBN or BNT or whatever it is. On, and I, I'm addicted to all those shows. I cannot stop watching how hard it's to watch some of that. It is, but I cannot turn it. It's like, it's a little bit like cocaine for me to watch that because it's so awful. And I'm sorry, I just said that, but it's true. But you can't, the argument is then, oh, if we don't need people, you can just stay at home. No, you need community. We are the body of Christ. Together, we're the community. Together, we operate as the body. The hands need to be in the community. The, the mind, the, the, even the mouth needs to speak. We need the body of Christ, but you do not have to have me to grow. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to alleviate my importance in your life, but I'm not as important as a lot of people think. You can grow right now. You can slow down enough to hear the Lord right now. I don't care what distraction you think is impeding you from the Lord. He can break through it. And if your heart seeks and thirsts and hungers after it, you will find it. I promise you. If it wants the Lord, you will find the Lord. And you will find Him speaking. You will find Him loving. You will find the sounds of God. Doesn't even make sense. Coming at you. And you will find inner transformation like you have never seen. If you slow your day and your life enough to say yes to the Lord, he will plant things that you cannot plant. And you will see fruit come out of you that you had nothing to do with. You won't have to place apples on your branches. They will come unless you're a pear tree. And then you'll have pears or bananas or whatever the Lord wills because he is the one who's in charge of the seeds. Amen? Amen. So... So for me to like say to you today, I don't, I don't, I don't really ever want to preach band-aid messages that you just feel like, oh, I felt good today after. I want to preach things that give you turmoil to send you into the presence of God, like a good turmoil, not like a terrible turmoil. One that's like, oh, I have to do, I have to respond to this. I have to be challenged into knowing that the Lord is alive and active and with me. And he's not trying to speak these crazy big words that you can't understand. He's not speaking in Hebrew. You ever been around somebody that's really intelligent and they say words and you just act like you know what they're talking about because you don't want to look like an idiot? You're like, yeah, 
totally agree with what you're saying. Bill does that to me at times, like, totally, I'm right, I'm right where you're at right now. And he's like, talking like lawyer language. I'm like, I, this is really good stuff that you're saying. Peter sometimes does this to me, is he in here? I just, you can probably see the look, it's just glassed over. The Lord does not do that. He speaks the way that we can hear. He's not trying to trick you. He's not trying to, listen, if you want to hear the voice of the Lord, you can hear the voice of the Lord. And he does speak through his word. Don't discount that he speaks through it. Meditatio scripturum. Like it's, it is the sustenance that Jesus lives through, that he is alive in this. But this also is a great parameter to say, is that stupid? And sometimes that is stupid. And you need to know that. You need to be able to look at something and say, totally not the Lord, right? But for the most part, like, it's not about witch hunting the word is it's alive, and, and we're filled with it. Can you pull up John, 1, John 10, 1 through 10? I'm going to read this really quick to you, and then we're going to give you some time. Um, I feel like that's a different thing. The 4 is giving it away. Which Okay, that's John 10, 4. Do you, did you put up 1 through 10? How quickly would it take to get, get that up there? Let me just read it through my Bible. This, uh, guys, this is called a Bible. Before they had apps. Or computers, this is what we had to read scripture on. It's crazy. Is that there? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read. You guys can follow along. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate or tries to get in through works, talking to the Pharisees, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. That's Jesus. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. So the sheep here hear the voice of the shepherd. The shepherd is the New Testament representation of our Jesus. Next thing. When he has brought them out, all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. So good. But they will never follow a stranger, right? You'll be able to tell. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I love this next part. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Jesus is the gate. All who have come before me are the thieves and robbers, people who claim to be him or the religious leaders, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will, they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and it more full. I pray that you find pasture in your week and that he is the reason that you are led to the place where the, he then fills you full of life. Does anybody want that? Like, that's what I want. I don't want to work and strive to become the next church planner or the better husband without Jesus. I want it to come through me because he planted it in me and it'll be natural and I'll be standing next to a river so even if wind comes, I like it. Whereas in the desert, I'll be blown away. I want to be that to where it's just coming out of us. I want River City to be that, where it just comes out of us. There's no performance. Amen? And so here's your challenge. We're not like the first century Christians. We have to learn his voice. You have to learn how to hear it. If you don't know how to hear it, the trick is not, well, I'll just continue to rely on the people that speak it. You can hear it and you have to learn it. So Noah had a basketball game on Saturday. It was just a, a huge fight. That's all I can say about a five- and six-year-old basketball game. It's a fight, and they let it happen. I'm on the bench like, they're just fighting. One guy 
got the ball, checked in, and ran all the way down the court and <laughs> scored. And people clapped. And I was like, I'm not clapping for that. <laughs> I had the leader come over and tell me, is number five your son? Four games happening, the leader of the whole thing. I was like, I thought he was going to say something cool. Was not cool. He's like, you need to tell him he can guard one person and to stop trying to hurt people. Because <laughs> all he knows is aggression. So, but we don't look at him and say, you got to be LeBron James tomorrow or you got to be Kevin Love tomorrow. Because he's not, right? You start where you're at and you do not get upset about it. Just improve. Wherever you're at in hearing the voice of the Lord is where you're at. Don't be disappointed in it. Don't hate yourself for it. Do you hear the voice of the Lord? Do you trust when you hear him that, he know, that you know that voice? If not, don't beat yourself up, but know that you can. And so you start. And so you get the ball. And if you need to run down the court and not dribble, I'll cheer for you, even though I think it's a little bit silly. If you need to get in and you tackle people, just start, right? If you don't hear it for yourself, that's the fundamental first step in discipleship. If you're, then you're just going to be listening to people like the robbers and the thieves coming in with rules and regulations, heaping weight onto people. Don't be that. Know that it came through Jesus. He offers it through a relationship. He is the entrance. And after you receive that, you can hear his voice 100%. So learn it. I'm not going to go into all the experiential things in meditation, but I will say this. One of my favorite things about meditation is the imagination, and you can always go wrong in the imagination because just like anything, anything can be abused, that's good. But I imagine as I'm praying, I close my eyes, right? And I start to say, Lord, I want you to speak to me. I imagine a table, right? And I imagine him walking up to sit at the table that's before me and him. And whatever he brings with him, he brings with him. I sit. Whatever he wants to talk about, he talks about. I listen. Sometimes it's not a lot of happening stuff because we're humans and sometimes it's the most profound thing in the world. Sometimes it's so practical, you're like, I already stinking knew that, but you just needed to hear it from him. And sometimes it will, sh sometimes he'll say, go to the road called straight. And on that road, you'll meet somebody named Saul. And Saul will be the one that's been killing people like you. And sometimes he'll say to Philip, go to this road. And it's always roads. And what in the world? And on this road, you'll find you'll find someone who needs to understand scripture and it doesn't make sense. But sitting and listening and saying, I'm giving you space to speak is the difference in you doing what he wants and what you want. So you've got to carve space. If you guys will come up, I'm, it's been a long day, I'm sorry. I, I, hate that I, I hate more than it's been a long day that I apologize for that. But I'm still in the middle of doing it, so go figure. What we want to do is from now on when we close service, it's always like, 85, however many people we have, I don't know anymore, looking at me like, are you closing soon, bro? But from now on, we want to open up the end. If people want to stay for ministry, to seek the Lord, we're not going to rush people out. So when I close in a second, this space is sacred for you to meet your king, to be prayed for. There is no rush for you. If you need to stay for an hour and a half, we will stay with you. If you need to just worship in the corner, do it, all right? But for those of you who need to go watch the wild card game that starts in four hours, doesn't even make sense. I don't think this happens today. Then you can go too, okay? We're gonna try and get better at this. Um, so Father, right now, there's a sheet next to you. For those of you who wanna take it, take it. For those of you who are guests, thank you so much for joining our, our community today. We've loved having you. It's humbling that people join us, honestly. 
those of you who want to stay, there's a sheet, a smaller sheet near you. And there's three things I just want to challenge you to meditate upon. One, there's a passage on there. Just chew on it. Sit down at the table with the Lord and say, what are you saying to me? Two, they're about to sing a song. Meditate on that. And three, is there an event in your life or anything like that that's like in the center of your, of your being that just needs to be placed on the table? Meditate on that. We're going to give you space. We're going to let you have time. Rachel did have something that, um, before you leave, that she felt like she wanted to say to the, yeah, if you want to get that to the group before we go in. So if you could all stand with me. Um, as you're standing, remember, after I pray, you'll be dismissed. But if you want to stay, please stay. Stay and enjoy the company of this, this community and, and the presence of Jesus. Lord, we want to be a people that don't add this to our to-do list, but create space to listen to the Kol Yahweh. We want to listen to the Kol Yahweh, the voice and the sounds of God. You are constantly sending us you, whether it's a phrase, a word, a scripture, a passage, a thing. We want to hear you. Your sheep know your voice. You desire to speak to them. Today, let this day be a day where we say yes to you. Now, if that means people need to respond in obedience, if that means people need to hand over something that's dark, that's diluting who you are. Whatever that means, we want to give you space to speak into our hearts. Let Christ create a sanctuary in your heart, right, with space. And so, Father, today we just ask you to be with us. This week, today, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There's going to be prayer teams on the sides and in the front if you need to respond. Other than that, respond at your seats. And we'll see you next week. We love you guys very much. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.